I should be live. Yeah. You're live. You went live. Yeah, to you guys. <laughs> True. Hi. I guess talking to people in in real time is like being live in life. Yeah. <laughs> when I wake up, I say I'm going live. <laughs> Uh, there are no songs to sing from this, but I could do like the orchestral score. Yeah, sing something from the village score. people. YMCA. <laughs> it's fun to stay at the YMCA. You guys this, but everyone's dancing. Now let's do Who Let yeah. the Dogs Out. I know it's not the village people, but same vibe. <laughs> Is it okay. the Bahaman? Who let the dogs out? Dogs out. Who, who, who? Wait, who. I want all my dogs to go who, who, who. Okay. Who no. let the dogs out? Who, 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 who? who. who. Nora, you so didn't bad. do it. Who? <laughs> you, who. Nora. You didn't do it. Me? Yeah, you didn't let the dogs out. Okay, now I the chicken dance. Or maybe... <laughs> yes, it is. You can hear our arms flapping. <laughs> I'm sure they're having a blast. <laughs> the Everyone at home is doing it with us. Nobody doesn't yeah. know what the chicken dance looks like. Okay, now slide to the left. Slide to the right. One hop this time. <laughs> Two sitting. hops this time. <laughs> Hands on your knees, hands on your knees, hands on your knees, hands on your knees. I, I did okay. it. <laughs> yes, I'm Mickey Hannah. Uh, hello, welcome to uh, another episode of Is It Whack? Hi. Uh, this is a podcast Hi. where we talk about movies and we rate them on a scale of whack or not whack wait i just thought and the of thing a is joke. whack <laughs> but it only worked it only worked a it? few seconds ago okay, okay. rewind well, let's go back rewind. in time what do you need me to set up say five hosts this time oh <laughs> <laughs> well no. i was gonna get to the fact this is we're in the midst of uh uh a mini series about one location films recorded from our houses in isolation because we all should be in one location right now. We're trying to figure out how we can all live in one location by watching movies that are set in one location. And the other thing is, this is also the first uh, episode in a new series that we like to call Fuck It Five Hosts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's five of us. Yeah. Who cares? There's five hosts. So for all of you who are longtime listeners, I know your minds are blown right now, but don't worry, we'll try to make it as normal as possible for you. It's good. We didn't set up yes. too chaotic a vibe off the top with all those songs. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well. Yes, that. So what that's... was this film we watched? Oh today? yes, great question, Funke. Or not today, but. <laughs> well, I watched it. I rewatched. Maybe it. I literally today. watched it two seconds ago. Seb... I also watched it today. I didn't want to say. <laughs> Seb watched <laughs> okay. it like three in the morning. I watch everything that's today. That's technically though. today. Yeah. yeah. I, I watch usually it on do. Monday. Or wait, wake no. Up. <laughs> no, you. Yeah, you watched it yesterday. No, I, think I watched that's it when Sunday. I saw you. Oh, Sunday yesterday night. I watched Twelve Monkeys. Oh. I woke up and turned it on. I was like, uh. I set From an alarm for eight, slept through that alarm, then I woke up, 
Ooh. Asked you guys to record later and then turn <laughs> you know, it on. She's waking yeah. up at normal times. Isn't that weird? What are you doing? I just, if I sleep <laughs> in, I feel gross. I like to wake up early. I'm a uh, morning person. Oh. Some yeah, people I actually are feel the exact workers. same way. It's like, I, if I get up afternoon, I, I actually just feel like my day is over. Same. I try to get up early. I try to fall asleep before 1 o'clock, like 1 a.m. Oh my um, god. Yeah, I've been getting up around like 10 every day. It's not too bad. I fell asleep at 5 last night. How I yeah, hate you, that. You, <laughs> you, you liked my letterbox review at like Sad. 4 in the morning. And I was like... <laughs> my cat wakes what me up you at review? 5. What did I review? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I reviewed 12 Monkeys. This is a great way to start off the pod. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay, so yes, we are in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic when we are all within our houses. So uh, yes. if things sound a little bit weird and you're listening to this uh, years in the future, well, hopefully we're not still in quarantine. <laughs> and oh this God. is why we sound weird. That <laughs> was so sad. Yeah. I wish I didn't say that. If you're writing a history report on COVID-19... Maybe it'll be like 12 monkeys and we'll all have to live underneath the Earth's surface. <laughs> or like beyond the no wait what's the second one beneath the planet of the apes yeah that also happens in oh, that what yeah in that one the planet, the, the, the planet of the apes the planet of the apes is such a weird franchise in the second one they basically like abandoned the entire concept of the first one i mean it's still a planet of the apes but it's like <laughs> they jump the shark right away and it's like it turns out that uh there's a whole race of human beings that were infected by like radioactive radioactive uh, bomb and now they're living underground and they want to like they pray to the atomic bomb and they're gonna like destroy a human or I don't know, something like that I watched it a long two. time ago with my dad this is the second one in the franchise that's like movie seven <laughs> but this, sorry the new franchise no 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 of the original wow <laughs> that's the second one hey it seems like a lot guys speaking of twists do you want to know what the twist of planet of the apes is yeah um the whole thing takes place on Ellis Island Whoa, twist. That was a joke, sorry, because there's the Statue of Liberty, and you're like, oh, that was Earth. I was trying to make a joke I out of that. It didn't land. Yeah, like Ellis Island was. I like that. Do you know what Ellis Island ah. was? It's where the Statue of Liberty is. Well, I know that I now. also don't know where that yeah. place is. It's where is. all the like immigrants who came to New York City passed through and stayed. Like It was like inhabited by a lot of Jewish immigrants back then. That's where, isn't that where the uh, the, the like big uh, checkpoint is in Escape from New York? I don't know. That's like the military oh. base? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah yes. the Statue of Liberty, because yeah. it's supposed to welcome like immigrants America. to America. <laughs> Hey, escape from New York. Nara just held it up. Nara has so many. Well, you're pulling up. Yeah, seriously. Nara knows we were talking about just have those on you. And Nara just pulled it up. Because my TV's right there. Okay. Oh, sick. Um, I could have pulled this out last week, but I didn't. Or two weeks ago. Oh, Empire oh, Records. Wait, there sick. it is. On, uh, Empire Records. Um, on wait. VHS. Okay, Nara's pulling out. We're all gonna find out in a second. I could have pulled the I could have pulled this one out a few months ago. Head. But I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we recorded that one in real life, so yeah. I guess you could have pulled it out from. Your Sadly, backpack. I can't pull out the village because I don't own that on VHS. That is sad. The village. I wonder if it ever got a VHS release. When did they stop doing VHS releases? Two thousand five. 
Really? Is that true? <laughs> the last major uh, Hollywood movie to be a VHS is History of Violence, 2005. Village was 2004, oh, so it's, it's very possible. And probably did get a VHS Interesting. Wow. I think uh, I've seen VHSs of it. Anyway. We're talking about The Village today, <laughs> which is a movie true. by M. Night Shyamalan. It is his... Uh, one, two, three, <laughs> four, five, sixth movie, I believe. Really? And, uh, uh yeah. <laughs> wide Awake. Oh, sorry. Uh, Praying with Anger, Wide he Awake, The Sixth Sense, uh, Unbreakable, Signs. Well, I thought that I... And he was in it. That is true. I always thought for some reason that Sixth Sense was, like, his first movie. I think it was the first big one. This is Breakout. Yeah. yeah, I guess I just assumed, like, oh, he really, like, killed it in his first movie, and then it was all downhill. So <laughs> I like, was wrong. Unbreakable's even better, I think. Unbreakable's I, really good. Okay, but I just mean, like, this is just what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, most people did think that Sixth Sense was his first when it came out, because it's a very, like, assured uh, film. The two that he made before, there's, like thematic similarities but stylistically they're nothing alike and they were very underseen like no one really saw them they're also not very good uh so the sixth sense felt like a big emerging and it's the first time most people had heard of m night so it's like oh who's this new guy did the, must be his first movie did the first two like mm. have twists the way his other ones all do <laughs> the his second one wide awake does have a twist ending mm-hmm. is wide awake like a comedy or something Kind of. It's like a family comedy. It's not funny. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. So here's my backstory. So I, I, I like to go through director's filmographies linearly. Uh, like you watch them all chronologically? Yeah, because I like to see how an artist grows. I like to see what kind of themes emerge. Yeah, Nara? What if you can't find a film by a filmmaker? Because they're like first films are like they made them in like film school and they're shot on some medium that doesn't exist anymore yeah then what is yeah sometimes <laughs> well then do you just I, give I mean that? I try my best do you <laughs> just like stop you can't watch your films I don't know why you're grilling me on this are you just uh, like a actually praying <laughs> why are you accusing me of things that <laughs> I never even said I did praying with anger actually I did have to watch it on a really bad YouTube rip it was like 240p and I could half make out <laughs> most of the stuff that was happening on screen so maybe it's better than I gave it credit for but yeah, I, I like I like going through director's filmographies. I like seeing what kind of ideas emerge when you look at a filmmaker throughout their entire career and their totality. It's also, I like having like a project in my movie watching because otherwise I deliberate for too long on what to watch. I have an abundance of choice. I could watch anything in the world. That freaks me out. Yeah, I, so I like... That's a having, good strat. Yeah, thank you. You can't watch What's That Movie and That You're Talking About? And thanks for saying about? strat. You can't watch that one movie in high quality though. Praying with anger. Yeah, yeah. can't watch that in yeah. HD. Maybe that's, that's why okay. you thought it you was know, bad. I still couldn't it. see the fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> why are you guys grilling sucks. me off the top? Like, what did I do to deserve this? No, it's actually sucks. one of those it. movies that was made for YouTube. Like, you know how you have to see Roma <laughs> in the theaters? You have to see this movie on. <laughs> um, also, I had a dream the other night where Adam Sandler died. And oh, no. so, no. and Seb didn't know, and so I was like, okay, we have to organize an Adam Sandler marathon for Seb. <laughs> oh. like, just, As a way to tell him? Break the news at the end of the marathon? By when the way, would you tell him? The man you've been watching all day is dead. 
<laughs> no, it's like we well, would tell end, you, you and be... then we'd be like, but it's okay, we're going to celebrate his life. Oh. <laughs> okay. I was thinking it's like by the end, you're so exhausted of watching all of them. <laughs> That his reaction is so yeah, muted. You it's go like, in order, oh, you show okay. all the good ones first, and then you just show all the really shit ones as they get worse, and then you're like, Sub, it's okay. Your suffering is over. <laughs> but then we get to Uncut Gems, which is one of the best films no, but ever. That's why we would start with Uncut Gems. And we do. Oh, you want to go back? Yeah, they'd be so punched like, on the end with like, how Uncut Gems ends. <laughs> that's true. Wow. We, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Gems, that movie. So. Oh, yeah. Oh. That'd be dark. We would end with like end anyway. Jack and Jill, or I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, which Seb and I did watch in an Adam Sandler marathon, and it was. Bad. No, we didn't watch Jack and Jill. No, we watched I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Oh yeah, yeah. What a <laughs> horrible and like I don't know why they made it film. It's so fucked. So what bad. is it about? It's him and Kevin James are firemen, and they let's go. They pretend <laughs> Kevin James? like they're, they're two in. like best friends and they're like we're gonna pretend to be gay lovers because something about kevin james like, like it's like a child his... support scam or something yeah or like to keep custody of his kid but then like adam sandler falls in love with jessica beale who like thinks that he's gay and like it's really weird and it's like i can't tell like why if they were trying to like be progressive because it's really homophobic and like <laughs> i don't I don't, I don't think they were trying know. to be progressive. But then, like, was it just, like, <laughs> Rob Schneider also, like, does yellow face in it. It's, like, really... Oh, no. Yeah. It's, like... No, a... it is one of the movies where... Isn't Rob Schneider like, mixed? Yeah, I think Rob Schneider is Filipino. No, but he Yeah, was, but he does this like... really grotesque makeup. Really and he fun. was also, oh, like, no. playing, like, a Chinese character. Like, he... I don't know. I, I don't I'm not know. defending it. I haven't seen it. <laughs> also, I swear, everybody... Every time Rob Schneider, like, plays, um a racial like character a racialized character he like everyone's like he's mixed but like what is like <laughs> like is he... yeah that doesn't mean he can play any racialized character <laughs> is he yeah. also, like white passing <laughs> he like looks pretty white but i've seen him play mm-hmm. like literally like indigenous hawaiian like mexican <laughs> like native american like i what i don't know Anyway, welcome to our Rob Schneider podcast, <laughs> where we talk about the works of Rob <laughs> Schneider. Check in, Larry is one of the segment? movies where Ving Rhames plays a fireman, one of the many movies. I wanted to say why I brought up the fact that I go through all of director's <laughs> filmographies. <laughs> so I did this with M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> I did this with M. Night Shyamalan uh, about a month ago. And, you know, I had heard that I'd already seen Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. Those were the two that I'd seen. And I knew those ones were well-regarded. I'd heard The Village was, you know, some people really liked it. Um, but I got to The Village and I was like, this might be his best movie. What? I really, really wow. love I really, really love The Village. I think it's great aside from, I think it's actually perfect aside from Adrian Brody. Uh, but I love everything else about Who it. Who is that? Adrian Brody plays uh, <laughs> Noah. Guy. He plays okay. the developmentally disabled person in a horrifically ableist performance. This is it's so very awful. bad. Yeah. It's so very bad. bad. I don't. We will get to that. Necessarily think it's Brody's fault. I just think it's really bad that it is Brody. That it's like, hey, look, it's this like famous actor doing like this performance of "Look How Good I Am." It's also bad, but I just think like I don't know if there's a good way to play that character. I think the problems are. Yeah, I think it's a. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a terribly written character. 
I mean, he does play the character without humanity, though. I mean, the character feels like much of like very much a caricature yeah. of a developmentally disabled person. Yeah, you think there's yeah. humanity in that character? Not in the script, but I don't think Brody's intentionally, or not like even, or even callously like playing him as like inhumane. I don't know. I just think I think there's a lot of like weird, uh, like direction moments in this film. So it's sort of like Brody's performance it's kind of hard to say whether it's like his choice or if it's just like the way the entire film was directed. Hmm. Cause I, I felt there was like not bad parts. It was just like weird choices. I think every choice other than that is perfect. <laughs> and I think that it is, I, I would actually say six Sense is probably my favorite M night, but then it would be the village and then unbreakable. I think this and, is better uh, than unbreakable. Best movie yeah, of all time. Yeah, definitely. I love unbreakable. I love unbreakable a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I just really like the village. But what did you guys? Was this the first time you had all seen it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I watched it with my dad. What do you think? How was it? My dad uh, had uh, uneven feelings, but I think he liked it mostly. I think maybe that's part of my influence. But he also, or like both of us, sort of thought that there was some like weird performance moments. Um. But at the end, it kind of made sense why there would be weird performance moments. But I like also don't know if it like was necessary. We were just like like into what parts? We were just like, like sometimes we were like, are they trying to like do an accent? But then yeah. they, like they fall in and yeah. out of it, and then it's yeah. like, why are they like half speaking in like old timing, but then also modern speak? That. Which is like, I guess at the end it kind of makes sense. But while we're watching it, we we're just like, this is hard to like. It seems like it's just a yeah. badly done. Because like, they're pretending PBS. the whole time though. Wait, could we do a no. section where we don't spoil it? For- <laughs> Also, but also, I was... No, we just spoiled it. <laughs> but, okay, fine. I mean, I just want to uh, say, why do we keep acting like someone's going to have, like, seen the movie by the end of the podcast so we don't spoil it right away? Maybe, so, like, we, intrigue, <laughs> maybe we intrigue them into seeing it and then they come back. No, okay, but that's, like, they're, like, they, that's weird. Like, I don't Noah, know. Noah Gaiman did tell me that he started listening to our episode on Ahead paused the podcast, went to watch the movie, and then listened to the second That's half genius. of the episode. Cool. This is standard <laughs> okay, review well, practice. Okay, we are going to spoil the village. Let's say it right now. Right away. Maybe I'll cut out Well, we already did. Why don't we, why don't we intrigue? Well, no. <laughs> I just... <laughs> it's a podcast about it. Also, <laughs> like, if you've just seen the movie and you've just learned the twist, you're like, I want to talk about that twist. Like, you're not... Right now. Yeah. It's wild. Right. Yeah, let's spoil it. It's already happened. And I just, because Nara brought up the the language thing, and I think that it's really important. Like, for me, it, it felt like there are a lot of movies that get made that are set in ye old times, and they just all speak in, like, really vague, old language uh, that doesn't feel, like, specified to any time period. And then it's revealed, like, that is what the people are doing because they're creating this idea of what ye old times is like. They're creating some random thing. So it's like, it of was... course, they're not going to sound right. But it also, was spoiled for me, and I wish it was not. Okay, but then like, oh, the movie. Don't yeah. listen to a podcast about a That's movie you haven't seen. Issue. Then. Well, then no one's gonna listen to any of our episodes. Well, yeah, they should watch the movies. I don't, watch the movie. I don't. This is also like we're doing an M Night M Night Shyamalan movie. Like, obviously, there's like a twist. Like, whatever. <laughs> Wait, who's who spoiled so, the movie for you, Seb? So angry. 
Yeah. So Let's just, talk about that. So <laughs> just a personal vendetta for against like spoiling this film. Yeah, also, a, what happened? Um, personal I, history. I don't think that the 1800s is like qualifies as ye old times. No, it's earlier than that because <laughs> it's colonial times. Old. No, on yeah. at the beginning, um, they show the um, the grave. Oh, the tombstone. The grave, and it's 18-something to 18-something. Okay, I wasn't paying attention to that then. And also, <laughs> like, the wardrobe, like, those are some, like, 1800s garments. But, but the thing is, is that also, like, the wardrobe was, like, 1800, but it wasn't, like... I think there are it mistakes just... in the wardrobe that you're supposed to kind of notice and then try Yeah. Yeah, it's not I supposed to be accurate. That might have been, like, one of my and my father's issues while watching this is because we both like to watch pbs history documentaries so the entire time we're just like this is incorrect and my yeah all my cousins do like civil war reenactments so i am very educated Whoa. not very wow. educated but i have like a little bit more I've... of that floating around in my uh, cultural sphere so i'm like that's not the right felt but i found that the <laughs> women's like the women's gowns um they had like a like they felt very like civil war era they were, yeah, but also the thing is, is that those patterns that they had in the fabric, if they were, like, in an isolated village, they wouldn't be able to weave that because it's all of the, like, flower patterns that are woven into the yeah. fabric and they don't have any loom. They also, so. like, they looked like gunny sacks dresses. Like, they looked like 70s um, attempts at, like, uh, Victorian. But these are like, all mistakes yeah, that movies make all the time that I was, like, fully yeah, able exactly. to wave away. Also, like, they, they weren't wearing, like, like, they wore their hair down and, like, that was, like like not correct to like probably but at risk of sounding like a broken record i mean that that is the whole point like that's yeah. what gets know, revealed is that they don't I'm know saying. what the act what they're actually supposed <laughs> to this is my supporting evidence Jesus. okay thank you i appreciate that thank you Jeez. no i after after watching the movie the, like after the reveal i think it all makes sense i think just because of like my personal uh experience with ye old timey stuff watching the movie <laughs> um made it it made it less enjoyable than i think it would be otherwise mm. like i think i would have been uh more more uh more taken aback by the reveal at the end if i was not nitpicking the film the entire time right. but maybe that's just a me issue and i have to be le- less nitpicky yeah it did feel like they were like it like felt like a bit like it was like settler time but then also like civil war yeah I guess I didn't really pick up on these details. It's because they were doing the weird, uh, the weird Thanksgiving thing. Yeah. And then also, like, the thing with, like, the red and the yellow, like, tribal colors. I was like, is this about indigenous people? Like, is this, like, a weird thing about, like, indigenous Mm. populations? Like, like, the U.S. It felt sort of, like, crucible-y, but also, like, that would have been, like, the, the... when was when were the Salem witch trials? Was that like the that was like sixteen fifties, I think. Yeah. So, but then it also did look like the beguiled a bit, and that was like the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> we just know history from movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And from a Ken Burns Civil War documentary. <laughs> That's a movie. <laughs> also, Seb, no, it's a series. It's a, a documentary. Yeah. It's a documentary so. series. We should do a plot summary. We should do Seb's summary yeah, corner because we're just one, getting into this. I dare that's you. Sorry, I'm old tradition that we can you neglected. can can, <laughs> can we stop saying ye old? This is no. not the freaking medieval ye times. Old. This is not your. This is like, anyways, Sebastian. 
Oh, is Seb it your now? Summary. No, this is not your. Yorner. <laughs> but I dare you to do a plot summary Wait, without Adam, the twist or Adam, could you do a Seb Summary Corner song? No. It was the ye old Seb Summary time. <laughs> <laughs> and here's some medieval music. Dun, da, da, dun, 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 dun. Fanfare. You all get Fs. <laughs> We say this every episode. Seth, but did you hear this your is tune? The worst episode. <laughs> no, no, this is the best episode because we're talking about the best movie. Um. Okay. Uh, the village is about a small community of peaceful people. A village, you could say. Use, a village <laughs> use a bartering system and stuff, and they're all afraid of a mysterious group of creatures called. Those we do not speak of who live in the forest on the outskirts of the village. Um, and everyone is scared of them but doesn't really know what they are. Uh, the main character is Ivy, who is a blind woman who's in love with Joaquin Phoenix's character, whose name I forgot. Lucius. Lucius. And um, uh, it seems like a lot of characters in the village are kind of repressing their true feelings for each other out of a kind of a sense of tradition. Um, but she finally kind of confesses her love to Lucius, and then he confesses his love. And then uh, there's, there's like, a bunch of twists. Um, so I guess, I don't know. I just we can get, do to, the, the we can get to the twists. No, no, we, well, we could do, we can get to them in chunks. Okay, yeah. I feel like that's that's the start of the movie. Mm-hmm. Did, did I miss anything? Um, no, I think that's good. There's an elder council of people in the village who kind of run things and seem to know more than oh. anybody else. You should uh, mention thing. that uh, Lucius's main uh, goal throughout the movie is to leave the village. Oh yeah, Lucius yes. is much more adventurous than everybody else and wants to go into the forest and find out more about these And he also wants to of. like stop like unnecessary deaths that are occurring because they don't have access to like medicine. Um, so right. like I, like a child has just died at the start of the film and like also the woman he loves is blind but we learned that she didn't like she wasn't born blind right. so like perhaps that could have been stopped and then um his like closest friend appears to be um adrian brody who is a developmentally disabled man so he like feels like there's all these things that they could be assisted i didn't even with. think of yeah. that that Ivy's blindness could have been like prevented, or like the illness. Well, the that father to it talks about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like he talks about it later. Yeah. Like it seems like Lucius is like he seems to be like one of the braver people in the village, but also he's just like really haunted by the fact that like people are dying, and if there's like there could be answers, just like not that short a ways away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and the child dying off the top. Uh, is important and becomes even more important as we as we see later on because it. Well, what are you laughing at, Seb? <laughs> Just the phrase "a child dying off the top." <laughs> I said the. Okay, <laughs> it's within context. <laughs> the child dying at the start of the movie is very important because we see the effect that it has on Brendan Gleeson's character, who is this older. This older dude who's been living in the uh, village for a long time seems to be one of the guys that's kind of running this village. 
It's on and the Elder Council. To, yeah, on the Elder Council. And he starts to have this kind of question of, uh, you know, maybe, maybe running away from grief isn't a good thing. What? You have to process grief? <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's good to process grief. Maybe we shouldn't try to create... A, maybe, the, maybe the whole thing is that you can't run from sorrow. Sorrow will find you. Which is something that Brendan Gleeson says at the start of the movie and will come into play later. Oh, and something that you quoted on your letterbox. <laughs> I did, on my letterbox review, because I love that line. I think it sums things up really well. And if you keep pushing your sorrow down, then you're going to have trouble suppressing your Irish accent. We're just going to continually come <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> which is really going to confuse things further and make you unsure where the heck these people are from. <laughs> He's Irish? Yeah. You could hear it. I was like, are they like, is this in Boston? Are they was, like... Why didn't they just let him be Irish? They're in a small Pennsylvania hamlet. Yeah, I don't know. It's already confusing. <laughs> Can oh, I was um, also confused. Can I just say, star-studded cast? We have a uh, Judy cast. Greer, Michael Pitt, um, Joaquin Phoenix, Sigourney Weaver, Jesse Eisenberg, kinda. Um, Adrian Brody. <laughs> you guys like Jesse Eisenberg? Like? <laughs> yes, yeah. he's like four lines. <laughs> I loved him. I thought he was great. Stole the show. <laughs> He's like, I'm scared. William Hurt. <laughs> He's like, she's back. Oh, yeah, William Hurt. That was um, I loved lines. William Hurt in this. I thought he was amazing. Which one's William Hurt? The ghost of Nicole Kidman, because uh, I thought that she was in the movie <laughs> before I saw it. Bryce Dallas Howard's dad owes William Hurt. And there's a part where he no, goes, her dad no, is Bryce Ron Dallas, Howard. Yeah, I was going to say that, too. Oh, nice. <laughs> All I have a fun went. fact. It was a fun fact, Funke. Judy Greer, this is the first time she played a character named Kitty. Yeah, I noticed that. But she's done it twice. <laughs> she's That's done it twice. Arrested development in Arrested too. Development, too. Oh. I was like, what? You did the same name. This is the first time I've seen Judy Greer not doing comedy. I have a fun fact. I thought also. she was funny in it. Yeah, she was funny. Yeah. But it was it was still like, I'm like, oh, this is not a comedy. Oh, you film. have you not seen I... the new Halloween movie? No, I haven't. Oh, nope. watch it. Love Judy Greer. What, why did okay. you shake your head? It's good. Yeah, she plays a character named... Uh, oh. what, I've, I've, what, what was her name in this again? Kitty. <laughs> yeah, she plays a new character named Kitty in the new <laughs> Halloween movie. No. Wait, I have a fun fact. I have a fun Whoa. fact. <laughs> uh, when I was watching this movie on my TV downstairs, and uh, Sam, my roommate, came by and saw that Bryce Dallas Howard was in it, and he said, oh, uh, you know, her dad is Ron Howard. And then I said, I said... Yeah, it, it seems like all roads lead to Ron in Hollywood. <laughs> is that it? Wait, is that her nope. dad? I don't get <laughs> it. And land. <laughs> I just like the phrase "all roads lead to Ron in Hollywood." <laughs> oh, because all roads lead to Rome. Yes. Oh. All sorry. roads lead to Ron in Hollywood. Take though. Me a second. Nobody could see, but I was. <laughs> just seems like my everything head. goes back to Ron Howard. It's always about Ron Howard. <laughs> all roads lead to Ron, baby. <laughs> Okay, I'm done with that. I'm done with that bit. I forgot. I mean, I might say all roads lead to Ron a couple more times later in this podcast, but I'm done with it for now. I forgot about the original. Looking forward phrase. to it. I'd never heard that phrase before. <laughs> I, I haven't. I haven't. I thought either. this was like a it. six degrees of Kevin Bacon type of thing where, oh yeah, well, everyone's connected to Ron Howard, so. <laughs> well, there's truth yeah. in that as well. 
But well, it was yeah. also a pun. Because <laughs> you know, Judy Greer played Katie, who played his like secretary or something on, on, on like, Arrested Development. Yes. Ron. Yeah. They and ha- you can't outrun Ron. Ron <laughs> will come. <laughs> if you don't deal with Ron Howard, Ron <laughs> Howard is going to come back. <laughs> You you know, Ron Howard is going to find you no matter where you are. You could try to hole up in a little village away from the rest of the world. Ron Howard will find you. You know those a original of- creatures that they talk about? That is just Ron Howard. Yeah. No, they, they don't talk about them. They don't name them, they don't but they're named Ron Howard. Yeah, they don't speak of them because... Okay, what do you guys think of this first part of the movie? Great. Um, can, can I just say... Um, Oh, Funke, yeah. you can go first. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was I was just going to say, it felt... I was like, what is going on? Hell what is yeah. this movie that we're watching? <laughs> like, I saw Little Women a while ago, and that's the only, like, period piece that I really I wanted to see. And I was like, is this another, like, thing in the 1800s? Because I don't really mess with these movies. Um, but it, it really picks up later on. And I love the little seeds they planted in the first part where... When it, when stuff happened later on, I was like, "Yo, that's what this is happening now." And that's what the box and, was. And she, she always wanted to do this and, the, and that, and I was like, "Ugh." So it was a lot of payoff um, that that started from the first part. So I, I really liked that. Did who did everyone come in like knowing the like I didn't know the twist. I I knew the first twist, but I didn't know the what is the first twist that the uh, or maybe this wasn't a twist, but that the elders had made up the creatures oh i didn't right. know that yeah i, I didn't know that twist. i knew the i knew the last twist. i didn't know the last twist, but i kind of guessed it like i was saying because i was like they have a greenhouse nobody could get that much glass in 1800s why do they have so much glass okay, i would argue I guess there's I'm, three twists i'm like not smart enough to know that things were historically incorrect so i really was yeah, taken same. by surprise by the final twist but i knew i've known the second twist or the first twist since wait childhood Let, can, can we establish all the twists yeah. so we when we refer to it, we <laughs> so we're all on the same about. page okay i don't know if this counts as a twist but i was shocked by it and i didn't know about it that <laughs> halfway oh, yeah. through you know last spoiler warning because we're talking about all the twists but uh joaquin <laughs> phoenix who's previously the main character is uh stabbed by yes, Brady. that part. Oh, yeah. That part was so painful. It's not a twist. That part it's was so awkward twist, to watch. <laughs> you didn't I like think that's, that's a twist. Plot point. I, I will co-sign that. that twist. But that the main no, character point. changes. It's like the tw- psycho. I hated that yes. part. But Why? the twist would have to be like that. We thought that he doesn't get stabbed, and then <laughs> I thought like, that he I didn't get stabbed. <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't think he got stabbed. But semantics. It's a big thing that happens in the movie, whether or not we consider it a it's twist. A, it's it a big doesn't thing really that, matter. That shifts <laughs> okay. the plot. If you spoiled that to like someone, it. they'd be mad. Sure. Yeah, but if I you spoiled if you spoiled that the Titanic sunk, they'd be mad. No. Well, that's just history. No, that's but like a terrible I, I just example. mean like, like, I just I think that's like a big thing that happens. I just it's not a twist because it's not like they're like, oh, here was what you thought, and then it's how not are what you, you not think. thinking that yeah. the main right. character is going to be fine? 
But I don't think that, like, I don't think the movie really ever, like, pointed to a single protagonist because it takes a while to meet everyone anyways. Like, I just didn't think that, I didn't feel that. He's the only one with, like, a different ideology than everyone else. It feels Mm. like, like, everyone is kind of sheltered and kind of in this cog, like, like a cog in the machine. But he's the one that's like, I'm gonna, I want to change something. Like, I really want to, like, do something different. But I do get what you're saying, that it's not, uh, it's not like a... Something. This is what you believe, and then switch it around. I think it completely sets up. I also kind of felt up. that Bryce Dallas Howard was like always established as like a very main character. I think it completely sets up that he's gonna be the one to go out of the village. Yeah, yeah. I see that. I didn't. Why did you hate this part, that. Nara? Why did I hate? Oh, um, it's just like when there's the weird close up when Joaquin Phoenix stares directly at the camera. I was like oh, I, was so I was, I was like, I don't wanna see that. I was like, I don't wanna make eye contact with Joaquin Phoenix and then my dad said that's a weird shot. It's an uncomfortable it shot. shot. It's uncomfortably it. close. <laughs> it's so close. And he's yeah. like, hey buddy, I know you liked I know you had a crush on her <laughs> and then just stops. And I, I was know, like, it's yeah. so good. I hated look I just didn't want to look at his face. The shot is uncomfortable. Who's the other dude? <laughs> I Adrian love Brody. looking at his face, though. He's got a nice one. <laughs> looking at Brody's face, I was like, no, please get like back up a little <laughs> no, bit. No, both of them. Oh I just God. didn't want to be that close to anybody in the film. Yeah, but that's mm. the idea. It's a yeah, bad yeah, it's thing that's to be happening. <laughs> yeah, but then it like, made me stop looking at the screen, and I was like, I'm missing the... Um, it's like the worst thing that happens in the movie. That's your fault. <laughs> that's your fault that I know. you didn't want to but look at it. But if it was shot in a nice way, that would be bad. <laughs> it could be yeah. shot less close up. No. Like even, I like that it was even if we were back like an inch and a half, I think I'd be better. But isn't it supposed to be powerful and make you be like, ah Yeah, it's like get away yeah, from me. Isn't that how movies are supposed but, uh, to be? But I think work? I think it's just because it like, elicited Sorry. I cut I th- you off. I think it's just because we had that like I think it was just weird that he was looking directly at the camera. Like if he was looking a little bit past the camera, like if I didn't feel like I was Adrian Brody at that moment. Um, then I think I'd be okay. It elicited the exact reaction that you're saying. It, wanted, it put you in the shoes you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> and you're supposed to. I think you're supposed to feel bad for like Adrian Brody, even though he's like the one doing this. I like, don't I feel think, bad. I don't feel because, bad because like, <laughs> okay, but I think you're supposed to feel bad for both of them because it's like, I don't know. It just feels like that way for me. Yeah, probably. I w- I feel bad if I got stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel bad for Adrian Brody because he's like, does it feels like he doesn't know any better, and then he like clearly can't cope with it after it happens, even though he does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But also, again, like the character wasn't very well written, so it's kind of confusing as to what his motives are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I hop on something that Funke said a second ago? No. <laughs> well, Funke was mentioning how, up to that point, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is, like, the only character that kind of shows this separate ideology. And um, I, I guess because I had seen, like, all the M. Night Shyamalan films leading up to this one, and they were all specifically about religion and about questioning faith in the face of, like, tragedy, um, but specifically just about religion in, in various ways, I, that's what I was taking from that, this whole first section of the movie, is it's this kind of movie where it's, like, these powers are governing through fear and and kind of telling you, like, you know, live your life in fear of uh, of what would happen if you step beyond the confines of what we tell you to do. Um, mm-hmm. And Joaquin Phoenix seemed to me to be the one who's, like, kind of actively questioning that. 
And uh, that's my point. Thought it was cool. What'd you guys think? <laughs> Did anybody get Midsommar vibes? Totally. Yes. Yeah. When they were all dancing. When they were dancing. I was like, wait a second. A lot this of flowers like, here. This idea of like this weird insular like community. Anyway, sorry. I, that wasn't necessarily related to your point, Adam. But I, I think it is. No, in that's that, okay. Like you kind of understand the reasoning behind even in midsummer like where the cult is so much worse in midsummer you kind of get you understand the appeal you understand why they totally yeah and you understand like um florence Pugh's like characters kind of transformation by the end Mm -hmm. but i felt the same way about the elder council Yeah, like even before you know what actually motivated them to be here, it's kind of like, yeah, if you if you can build a safe haven or you think that you're building a safe haven away from like the atrocities of the world and away from things that are going to like uh, actively destroy you, then of course, like I understand that pathology 100%. Yeah. If I could like hole up in a place and not face any problems that would uh, impact me in the real world, Obviously, we see that this utopia is not possible, but it's like at that point, I totally understand their motivation. Also, like the idea of like death as like a necessary like sacrifice for the continuation of like this like lifestyle, like both movies, mm-hmm. like they kind of like the characters rationalization for like deaths that like were preventable seems I don't know. Yeah, they they keep dropping hints, and I guess eventually explain later on um, why they went there. But it is explained in a way where I'm like, yeah, like the world is shitty, like <laughs> yeah. it is shitty, and they just want to run away from it. I thought, um, yeah. Wh- oh, I just thought it was like maybe it's just because like now the point at like the world's in and how like we see like politics, especially of like violence and crime, because that's ultimately what they're all running away from, and that's sort of the point. And that's, like, what sets things off to allow Ivy to leave his guys. Like, there, this was a crime that was committed. Um, but I just thought it was, like, weird that it was, like, a bunch of, like, white people <laughs> that, like, mm-hmm. was tr- were trying to create this utopia away from crime. But then I guess that's also, like, a larger thing because it's, like, of course, like, you would need to be very well off to create that and in a place of privilege to be allowed to like billionaire yeah to escape your like escape the real world and turn away from it and you like a lot of people don't have that privilege and that access also i think like that point also works with like like the fact that it's not like they're making this utopia that's like like is just like different from modern times like they're actively going backwards to like this kind of like vague idea of like before yeah when like like there is like that kind of like civil war and even before then kind of like imagery or whatever like i don't know yeah well just it's like the colonial power where it's like yes we were allowed to see like these times of colonization and new world discovery as like a utopia when things were better but we're gonna like discount the like um, marginalized individuals who like were we committed atrocities against at this time who it like obviously wasn't a utopia for yeah we even it it did feel like an sorry funky oh, go c- ahead continue what's up oh it was it felt like an amalgamation of all these ideas so i don't know like what they were leaning towards like it did just feel like a general oh what happened before 
like what what are some old things that people <laughs> lived like and they just based it off of that so have we explicitly said what, what was going on no we're not spoiling it <laughs> <laughs> I, I, somebody I, didn't want to spoil well, i think, I think we that should now that we're the talking twist about is it. made i think that once the twist is made clear and you know that like they are they really were all around in like the 70s or whatever and that's when they started this uh, commune. It does make it yeah. uncomfortable how white the movie was. It's like, okay, why did they only pick white people <laughs> to go back here? And I think his rationale was probably that people would question the time period until the twist happens. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. it is, uh, yes, yeah. it is an uncomfortable lair once it actually gets revealed. Well, because the only people who could possibly look like backwards and say things were better then yeah like mm-hmm. are, yeah. White people. are white people and i think that is like a really important like this whole idealization of like a better time like i mean it's still like so prevalent here like today mm-hmm. oh people know. yeah people who are privileged now still be like oh I, it was so much better in the 70s or the 60s wish or... it was the 50s <laughs> <laughs> yeah or even like the idea of like make America great again. Like this, mm. there's always this idea of like this vague better time, no matter what time you're living in. But where but, was it for real? Yeah, and also like, who was it better for? And it's yeah. like one percent, like one tiny group of people that actually. Although, can I say? Yeah, I was also gonna say just in the context of this film, I do kind of understand why they like went to like an earlier time if they were like pretending just because they like it's weird because like they're making up the society so technically there's no fear of other people like catching on being like this is society is fake but it's sort of like that is something that you're educated about so you can make it in a sort of foolproof way where you can are able to seal up the holes when you know exactly how it was before and i thought part yeah, of it and like there's sorry i thought part of it was the uh there was no technology that was connected to the outside world i thought that was like a big part of yeah. it yeah no. Yeah. yeah yeah that's definitely is and like also it just works for the twist but i think it is interesting to like think about it like part of like the idea that they're escaping like the kind of pain that comes with like crime like this vague idea of like crime and like violence or whatever um and like coming from what i'm assur- assuming or like like the town being like a city or like an urban center like it reminds me of kind of like i think like in the kind of like mid uh 20th century like the idea of like the suburban sprawl and like like a lot of like well-off white people in the cities decided that things were too like dangerous or whatever um and they were like escaping like this idea of crime so that's when like kind of suburbs became Mm. a thing and like white plight um or white flight whatever um this i'm taking vague ideas i learned in sociology in first year but like um, no, I see that in here for sure. And like no, that's yeah. ca- this idea of like we're going to create this really insular community and like it, it is like sometimes they actually are like geographically just like kind of cut off from uh, like everyone else. Yeah, like and like what is actually dangerous and you learn like that's I don't know. Yeah, my ideas are not fully formed for me to go on the full kind of thing. Yeah. Could we say what happens well, in the movie? Just super quick. <laughs> That's your job, Seb. Seb, let's go to the corner. Okay, yep. just super quick. Wait, we need some medieval music. We need some medieval music. <laughs> Seb's 
sub a recorder. <laughs> Thank you. Wait, could, wait. One of us should be like a town crier who's who is doing. Hear like... you, hear you. <laughs> I'm standing on a little thing holding a scroll, saying "Hear you, hear you." <laughs> Thank you for that coherent intro. <laughs> <laughs> um, anytime dude anyway just want to you know, say that, this is the kind of great this is the kind of great stuff you get in a five in a fuck it five hosts <laughs> episode you get collaboration between this is the fuck it five hosts scenario this is a cultural reset just so quick so so quickly the, the village is in a wilderness preserve and it was created in the 70s by a group of people who are in a group counseling thing together of some sort specific it's a grief counseling yes uh, right like they've all lost people who are close to them right to crime from violent crime from crime yes. mm. and so they created this uh turns out the vague old timiness of the village is all fake it was just created by Well the first the first twist though right. was that the monsters aren't real. They invented the monsters. And you think like to okay, keep they invented the, the monsters, in. but they're still Yeah, but they're still probably in ye old times. Mm-hmm. And then Bryce Dallas yeah. Howard climbs over the wall uh that encloses the uh preserve and we reveal that we're actually in modern times and they're Yeah. And this away. is just some cult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's literally a cult. Yes, no. It's a commune. Um, well, actually, no, I'll say it later because I'm skipping straight to the end when I'm talking about this. You can skip to the end. We can oh, I was, just, I was just going to say, I think it's, so Ivy climbs over this wall and then gets, like, picked up by this park ranger who's like, get away from the wall, you're not supposed to be here. But then he, like, I, finds out. My favorite out. character. I kind of love him, a really him good too. actor. I thought yeah. he was great. I love him. He's, like, he's, and then he, like. You could tell he was, like, into her, too. <laughs> <laughs> you thought he so? was like who is this hot blind chick <laughs> dressed in old timey clothes yeah um, and then like, he, he like finds out he's she's actually like one of the like people that they're supposed to be like keeping outsiders away from and he goes to like i don't understand why he's like keeping it hush hush hiding it when yeah. obviously all the people that work there know i don't think all the people i don't think there they, know. i don't think they know specifically like m night knows that there's a person who's paying to keep planes. airplanes from going over. I thought it was such a... Yeah, uh, which play, is so he, badly, which is like... absurd. <laughs> like, exposed and unnecessary as an explanation. They lay it on so thick in that scene. <laughs> He's it's reading like, a yeah, newspaper, and in. the newspaper is, like, 10,000 dead from says, crime. Dead! <laughs> murdered child! Like, 4,000 people dead. Yeah. But that's, like, area, like, 51 kind of thing. Yeah. Where, like, there are places the government's, like, you can't look in there. This but isn't the government, though. This is, a, this is a private investor. Oh. But I, Wait, was, was that M. Night? Yeah, Sorry. that was M. Yeah, Night. M. And he yeah, explains in, like, a, a long monologue. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't want to go into that park because someone's paying <laughs> off to the... And, and honestly, it's better if you just don't know anything. And, like, oh, yeah, also, they started it in the 70s and what... Like, he lays on, like, literally everything. He literally, he's, yeah. he's like, um, oh, man, you're giving me such a headache being bad at the job. The last headache I got on the job was when somebody paid me <laughs> to keep airplanes from, like, it's so bad. Okay, can I also say how dumb it is that the parents, like, kept their, like, past, like, like artifacts or whatever in those black boxes just in their houses? Like... <laughs> Why, like, why don't you hide that shit? You have, like, she floorboards and stuff. Like, why, she mentions just, why they don't hide at one point. Uh, one, of yeah. the, one of them is, like, you know, we want to keep it, like, in sight so that we don't 
uh, forget like the atrocities of the past, and we okay. we and so that we aren't doomed to like repeat them or whatever. But then why does everybody have to have the same suspicious black box? <laughs> it's just but weird. Think, it's like you're like. I don't know. It's like a Bible. I think yeah. There's this yeah. element of like religious guilt or something. I feel like to it. They're like, here's our yes. failure, like just right in front of us all the time. And, but yeah. I just love how there's like, oh, there's the shed that nobody can go into ever. <laughs> it's like, called like that's the thing. Like call- yeah, the shed that, that we're not supposed to go into. It's something really funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah, the sh- yeah the shed you cannot enter. Like yeah. some shed. Okay, no, but I just I found it. <laughs> I was very confused about why he so he like bring he goes to get medical supplies and he mentions that there's like 20 like ranger stations or whatever where they're all stocked with medical supplies and then there's just like these fridges full of like vials of like different like medicine for medical use only yeah in case people get like animal bites but I'm like why do they have so much that is perishable and they'd have to get rid of and then restock frequently which is so expensive that scene is so weird for, like, so many reasons. My favorite thing is that you don't what? see that it's M. Night at first. There's, like, a reflection. Like, you, you only see him from yeah. behind. And then when the other ranger goes to get the medicine from the cabinet, it zooms into the reflection so you can see it's M. Night. Like, the focus of the shot <laughs> is, yeah. look, it's, it's M. Night. Night. <laughs> but I didn't even know what he looked like. So I was, like, I just thought he was an actor. And I just thought it was a really, really weird, bad actor. like, choice. <laughs> He's sneaking so hard in that scene. He's <laughs> so, so bad at sneaking. I know. That part I doesn't know. really m- make sense, though. And like, I think, yeah. What? I Wouldn't think you be like... Oh, sorry. What, no, what's no, up? no, no. You go. You started, you started talking first. <laughs> oh, no. I was just going to say, like, why wouldn't he just say, like, oh, the person who lives in there is here. Like, why does he have an allegiance well, to her? I don't think that because... M. Night knows that people... I don't think M. Night knows people live in there. He just yeah. knows yeah. it's, like, something... And it, it kind of reminds me, actually... It's like an inverse of, you know, all the elders are telling their residents, don't go out there because we're, we fear what's out there. And the same way, it's like the people that are working as rangers are like, don't go in there. Don't question why you shouldn't go in there. Just don't go in there. Mm-hmm. And it's the same kind of idea of like ruling through ignorance, um, mm-hmm. which ties mm-hmm. into the religious uh, analysis, IMO. Uh- yeah, I also think he's like literally like into her and they want is just protecting her. I think like, they trust like, each other. Actually, they it's do. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, but I think like I think he thinks she's beautiful, <laughs> and I just feel like he's <laughs> protecting her. I'm, I don't uh, know. Was she? I like the... Adam. Uh, you go. Sorry. No, you were going to ask a question, right? I can say oh. my thing at any point. I was just going to say, I, I don't remember this from the movie, but was she confused at all that there were cars? Like, I get that she can't see, but I feel like no. you'd be like foreign noise. This man goes and comes back. She, from, a- she asked I, what the siren she, is. Okay, okay. I missed that. But I what feel is like that noise? the idea that she, like, can't see and that the village, or the not the village, the towns are so, like, unknown or whatever, it's kind of like she's anticipating that there's some like something like, different and also if these kids have grown up with no idea mm-hmm. of like what actual modern time looks like they don't know that like things don't line up yeah true and she also so, i yeah. i kind of assume like at the ending or at the end of the movie she now does have more of an understanding of what's going on beyond the uh field and the very end of the movie leaves on this note where it's like okay, do we continue to hide from our guilt? Like, we have now been given the opportunity to continue. Mm-hmm. Do we continue to hide from our grief, or do we actually face the world 
Um, it's It was mentioned before that she's going to be the one, her and Joaquin Phoenix, who have to carry on the tradition of this uh, commune if they right. are to continue. So it's kind of like the legacy lies with her and the decision lies with her. It's like, is she going to expose the truth? Yeah. Or is it better to live in fear? And then I feel like instead of taking, like, actually grieving what has happened to Adrian Brody, like, they're, like, immediately, like, well, there you go, he died so that we can keep this a secret. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, spoiler, um, Adrian Brody finds his parents' costume. <laughs> yeah. For, that was a bit of a reach for that. Me. <laughs> yeah. Dresses up and then, like, stalks Bryce Dallas Howard, who, like, somehow manages to get him to fall into this giant pit, which I don't know why is there. The naturally um, occurring pit. She got him. Right. I actually like that scene. She just... <laughs> How dope do I look in this peacoat? Um, great, I'm in the middle of doing something. <laughs> what does he think of the village? He didn't see it. <laughs> okay. He just wanted to know how he looked in his coat. How did he look? <laughs> Was it good? No, he needs a haircut. How did he look compared to the village? What does that have to do with the, the village? I don't know. He just needs a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying, though? Oh, just that she, like, Adrian Brody dies in a pit. And then his parents, like, realize, like, oh, he's found our costume and they're freaking out and they don't know what's happened to him. But then when Bryce <laughs> comes back in the end, she reveals that she, um, did encounter a creature and she doesn't know that it was adrian brody so now she believes that there actually maybe are the creatures that they Mm, had talked about being there um and so she uh yeah but that she like killed him and so then the parents like you see adrian brody's parents start like crying and they're like oh he's dead but they the elders decide that this is the perfect opportunity for them to like prove basically that the creatures really do exist by saying that adrian brody was killed by one of them mm-hmm. um and so instead of like like they're confronted with an opportunity to grieve and an opportunity to maybe reassess everything and they choose to continue keeping up the facade well we don't know what they do yeah we don't right? know what they choose yeah. at the end no, but they literally, like, the last thing that happens is that they're like, okay, so he died so that we can prove it real. And but, then he's like, if we want yeah, to. Yeah, William Hurt yeah. is like, maybe. Oh. But the but I guess oh. I guess the thing is sort of, like, implied is that the elders will continue, or at least William Hurt, who was having, I guess, like, mixed feelings out of all the elders. He was the most sort of, like, conflicted between, like, or, like, the most, like, at the crossroads. Um, because of his daughter, I think it shows that he is more swayed back to, like, mm-hmm. continuing right. the lie. Or he, like, has an easy out now. I don't know. I don't but think I don't so. I, I, I also but think, it... like, the end for me is less about whether or not they will continue. And is more, like, they have no choice but to face grief now. Because grief has found them within the commune anyway. And that's how the movie starts. And it's also how the movie ends with Adrian Brody actually dying. They can twist it into this fable. But it's like, they're going to have to face a real-life death no matter what. So whether yeah. or not they choose to continue this facade, it's like, they're, they've kind of already lost. And I, but but I, I, I think, but I... Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> but I, I do think that, the, like, their 
like how they receive his death like it it feels like they aren't like they've come to terms with the fact that like they can't avoid death like death is going to follow them either way and that like unnecessary deaths are going to follow them either way but it just it feels like they're um kind it feels like they're choosing to like you think like to instead of properly grieve his death and how like it was preventable they're choosing to consider it like necessary in this i think they are like automatically used to doing that and like going like oh how can we weave this event into our like kind of narrative that we've used for the village but i don't see how you can see that scene where like william hurt is like crying and talking about how he had to let ivy like into the forest and think that he isn't changed by the events of the movie like i 100 percent think he's gonna like give it up i don't think he's gonna give it up but 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 because he had to tell ivy that they don't that the monsters aren't real but because she thinks she encountered like one of the real original monsters from before they started making them up she goes back to believing that yeah, there is a threat the, in the scene where he's yelling at all the elders it's like i think he sees that they can't keep doing this like it doesn't work well i think what happens is like at that moment it did work i think at the end it's sort of like is this weird religious thing again where it's like all these moments are kind of like the idea of like destiny or fate so it was like fate that it would be ivy who is blind to leave so it was like predetermined and it was like meant to be that she was blind and meant to be that she would be the one to leave and then yeah. it's sort of like i think that is sort of like reinforced at the end like with the ending with like adrian brody's death and then ivy like meeting the monster um i think that just sort of i think it's like if there was like there was doubt at that moment but it was all undone at the end where they're like oh this is all meant to be Especially yeah. when he's talking to like Noah's parents, um, I think. Sorry. I think that falls apart though. Like when Ivy comes back, she thinks she encountered a creature for real, for real. But if if they're gonna go through with the lie that uh, that uh, what's the Noah Noah Noah's Noah's really dead because of a creature, it's like when did that happen? Like literally, right then, right when she was going out, like the same creature. Yeah killed him and then went after her like it it's not realistic if, if the you, elders were to keep that up i don't, I don't think. know i feel like they could convince her that the guy who um is in love with her and is like developmentally disabled like maybe ran after her into the woods and encountered the same creature. I think like i the emotional arc of the movie is william hurt who's all the way on the other side of like oh we gotta keep up this facade slowly aligning himself with Joaquin Phoenix and Bryce Dallas Howard's kind of uh, idea that we should question these things. And by the end, he thinks they deserve to know. And he's given the opportunity fully to keep the lie going. But he, like, he has every ability to continue it, but he decides not to. I think that's the movie. Yeah, but he decides, he decides, like, to tell her because he doesn't, he wants to prevent a death like he wants to prevent another death and he thinks okay maybe this will happen but someone still dies he's preventing the death because it's not a natural death he's preventing the death because it was like a crime which is the same thing that they've faced whereas like the young kid getting sick and dying that's like a natural death but adrian brody wasn't a natural death either so i think he realizes like like he can't like they're 
instead of confronting the kind of senselessness and like meaning like how meaningless life and like death can be sometimes how people can just die and there's not really a good explanation and there's not a way yeah. to justify it i think then he's realizing when adrian Brody dies that like it doesn't matter like either mm. either way like if he continues the facade or not like this is gonna happen and he decides that like it's easier to pretend and to let these other people feel like there is meaning behind it by spinning it and i thought that they that ties into the religious understanding of it for me because it's like i i feel like they want to take a real life thing and like ascribe meaning to it like profound meaning to it uh and almost twist it into this like story that like you can that will allow them to continue living their facade, which is like an interesting idea to me. And I feel like that's what they've done in general. It's like uh, they're trying to twist real life things that have happened and find meaning in that and create a world in which like they can understand that. Uh, I don't know if I'm explaining that really well, but I, I think that's really interesting to me. And that's something that M. Night went on to kind of explore in Glass as well, where it's it's kind of about like, finding meaning in meaningless stuff and uh creating what that what that means yeah i completely <laughs> like the i think didn't wrap that up in a poetic way but you got the point <laughs> I Neither think did glass. What he like realizes I th- glass, glass is great i think what he realizes in the end is that like even if he perhaps is now aware of the fact that like they can't escape like a natural death that like he can at the very least like allow these other people to live in a world where they can continue believing that there is a reason behind so if they can say okay well the reason he died is so that we can continue this story there's like purpose and like you're allowing that for someone else because if if there isn't a meeting behind people's deaths, like, then Yeah, then it makes life he... feel worthless. And it's yeah. like, so of course we want to prescribe meaning to but I think death there's... and to random things that happen. And we want to understand it in ways that are, like, un- ununderstandable. And I feel like yeah. the entire commune is a way to try and, like, understand yeah. the grief that they faced in their real life. When it's and like, that's... these are probably, these are just random deaths that happen. It's unfortunate. But yeah. that's what happens in life. And that's religion. Like, religion yeah. is literally people, like, in order to continue going on and to, like, cope with life and the fact that things are unpredictable and happen that feel like there's no reason for it and, like, that are painful. Like, you are you tell yourself there is a greater I think yeah. there's at least reason. doubt in that maybe that he says at the end. I think he's... And, and I think... I... And working that hard to save Lucius specifically... That's knowing that eventually yeah. it's going to unravel. And there's an acknowledgement well, I, that, I, that that's inevitable and that I, the next generation it will I, change. I, yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah, I mean, I think I, that, like, David Sims, the best uh, reviewer, wrote in his letterbox review, it was like, you know, the whole point is that this is inevitably going to crumble. And it's just kind of like watching that realization finally happened which is what makes the end so great for me it's like they're gonna continue to try and ascribe meaning and try and run from this potentially but it's like it's gonna crumble at some point you better be prepared i do feel like ivy's encounter with noah as the creature though it's like they thought that like 
this was going to be, I think he thought this was a surefire way that, like, things were going to crumble after this because, like, he told her and, like, this was what was going to happen. But when she encountered it and she became a believer again in that there are these older creatures and, like, she believes, okay, this is real, then he, it, it's kind of like he had a sign that, like, oh, no, this isn't necessarily all going to crumble. Like, it's like a, they, like, rejuvenated the, like, believing, you know? I don't know. I feel like also the whole point is that we're supposed to go, wow, well, what's going to happen? It's yeah. like Inception. Yeah. Why it is a we, cliffhanger. Like, we yeah. can't actually debate about what's going to happen because... We're trying like, to find understanding in the un- un-understandable. It's, a, it's an event that we can't, you know, we can't define what it means. But the point of the movie the is, this a dream? is to get you to debate what happens also. Like, I'm not saying literally yeah, which is 100%. what we're doing. So why are you so mad at me, Seth? I'm just I'm saying it's supposed, to be, it's supposed to be in the tournament. Yeah, no, definitely. But I think also part of, like, an ending like that is your interpretation of what happens says something about you more than it does the movie. Okay, let's make a personality quiz. Yeah, okay, so Ooh. this doesn't say so shit about me. Let's make a BuzzFeed me. quiz, let's go. <laughs> what your interpretation of the film, the village, <laughs> says about what kind of you. friend you are. No, I agree Whatever. with you, Seb. I was just okay, Nara up. has had her hand up forever. Oh, I was also just going to say, I don't... My This is my um, opinion on um, uh, Ivy's father's character, is I don't think he was, like, giving up at the end. I think he makes these decisions mostly from a selfish place um and i think like at the time when he let ivy go he wasn't really thinking about like the general good of the town i think he was just feeling very really yeah i think he was feeling very guilty about like one he already has a lot of guilt from like the death that happened in his past so he's like i can't carry more like this is it's not necessarily selfish but i don't think he was worried about the future of the town because he's like that's not my responsibility anymore so i can't take any blame I can't yeah. take any responsibility for what happens um, after this, but I can I, like feel the like he was just like substituting guilt because I also like think like just from like personal thing like I think it was sort of like a like a I don't I just don't think his character like is very like empathetic to all these other people. I love um, this character. I think he's a great guy. Sorry, you weren't finished. I, <laughs> but but I, I it's also just like at the end when he's like when he's like, oh, why it's you for marry the, him then, Seb? Like it's for the good of the what? town that Noah died. So it's like, why is this person's child allowed to be this person's child who is um developmentally delayed, why is this person allowed to be sacrificed but then this person who would why but then his daughter's happiness can't be sacrificed. But that's assuming that he's gonna go yeah. along with the narrative of Noah dying, which I don't think he is. Also, you know, when when Lucius ventures into the forest, he has every opportunity to throw the book at Lucius, and um, everyone on ta- in the town would be on board, and he goes, mm-hmm. you are the bravest, you are brave in a way that I will never know. And then he does everything to save this guy who's questioning, like, the entire concept of the village. Like, I, but I think everyone else would let him die. I think that's just because of his daughters. No, I think that's he just likes purely Lucius. because of his family. He loves Lucius. Yes, Hannah? Hi, Hannah. Hi. Um, I think that when his daughter comes to him and is, like, explaining how she will have no reason and sh- she will, like, literally die with Lucius if he dies, 
he is going, I know what that's like. That's what happened to me. That's why we're here. I don't want my daughter to have to experience that because that's the whole fucking reason that we created this village is so that my daughter and no one else would have to experience this kind of feeling of like grieving someone Mm -hmm. and feeling like there's no real purpose behind their death. And so knowing also that Ivy is blind, he's like, okay, I'm going to like let you do this because ultimately if he didn't let her what would be the whole point of them being there it defeats the purpose it's counteractive or it's counterproductive whatever blah 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 words um but Noah Noah's death isn't like something they actively choose Noah dies in an awful like kind of weird accident thing yeah but they they're giving meaning to it they're not saying like oh it's good he died like this was all supposed to happen but they're allowing it to be looked at that way because they can't undo it they can't prevent his death it happened in a weird freakish way but they could present lucius's because he was holding on and they needed the medicine and that's he's protecting his daughter he's a good guy but i also think that he still believes in what he was something yeah i buy that more than i buy that he just liked lucius because i like i don't think lucius plays into it that much I think he cares about Lucius, but and I think either way, you know, obviously the village is a misguided idea, or I guess that's the whole thing, is if you that's think that or not. But I mean, like, yeah. all of it, as Hannah is saying, was created out of empathy, out of, like, wanting, be- like, a better thing for your loved ones, and he's able to go, like, oh, I'm wrong about this rule where you can't go into the forest, you should go to prevent that same kind of suffering. Like, he breaks the rules of, like, He's not so marred in the tradition that he can't, like, look back at the meaning behind yeah. it. I'm just saying what Hannah already said. Yeah. But. I get that. I think maybe maybe my point is just more, I think it's, like, an inherently, like, selfish act to say that you can remove yourself from greater society out yeah, of, like, the guise sure. of love. Because I think yeah, denying totally. that there are other people suffering out of, the, like, out of the guise of, like, oh, I'm just, like, only love. I'm not going to, like, yeah. do whatever. Or, like, I'm only, like, I care only about, like my immediate community and my immediate community's health is sort of like a inherently selfish thing i wouldn't say it's inherently selfish i think it's coming out of like a place of like immense pain and when you are in like pain like that strong like it's like yes you act selfishly but it's it's different it's like it's hard to see past what you're feeling and like if you're experiencing grief that immense it's like you're literally being pushed to the point where you're like, I don't know what the point of life is anymore. So, like, the world does feel that small. And it makes sense that you would only see this, like, small thing that's right in front of you then, in this small group. Then maybe the ultimate message of this film is that religion is not the best way or is not the sole way to deal with grief. But <laughs> well, also... I think it's more just, like... Sorry. It, it, I mean, I, I think... I think... I don't know if it's a criticism of religion. I think it's just finding that balance between, like, you do want to find meaning and you do want to prevent yourself from feeling pain that feels unnecessary, but also understanding that pain is necessary sometimes. And that, like, you like sadness is important and it's a part of life. And, like, the only way to really get over things is to allow yourself to feel them. But also understanding that, like, you shouldn't have to necessarily be like i think like it's all about the balance yeah they dive too heavy into like isolation in 
like physical like geographic location and also like in their personal lives like they don't open up to each other which we mentioned earlier but like they're very cold and cut off and don't show their true emotions like it seems like that character um what's the what's the main head of the village called the ivy's dad William Hurt. i don't know what his character's name is <laughs> William, that guy ivy's when dad. he when he's talking to sigourney weaver so, so, how do you say the name sigourney, sigourney weaver, weaver? You nailed Ripley. it. Ripley. Sig- Ripley. Okay. Okay. Ripley. Yeah. <laughs> um, when he's talking to her, like it, it seems like he has feelings for her. It's mentioned, but he's also in a relationship, and and can't do anything. Is that not? Yeah. Yeah. Who's I mean, it? and there's also like the romantic relationship that's unrequited at the start between uh, what's her name? Judy Greer. Uh, Bla- uh, Greer. Greer. Judy Greer. Greer. Katie Greer. Katie Greer. And Kitty. Phoenix. That's yeah. that one's messed up though. She's just like she like none of these characters have been socialized properly. But like, I, I think when them. yeah, but I think that's the point of what of, of what Funke is saying. Yeah, it's like even yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, Funke. Please. Oh no, no, it 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 seems like they've fallen way too deep into this hole of believing in this this weird hope that is fueled from grief, but it's like this weird like what are you hopeful for? Like you're kind of, you keep lying to yourself and mm-hmm. lying to others more. And it, it gets you deeper down this hole that doesn't seem productive at all. Like it doesn't seem like it's good for literally anyone. And especially the, the people that are sick or need medical attention. Like, I don't know. It yeah. just felt very, it flows into what you guys were saying earlier about, um, about it just being about realizing that this is a bad idea throughout the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I was just like, why are you doing things like this? It, feels so backwards it really just doesn't make sense to me yeah and i mean and it's like even in their personal lives it feels like they haven't created any kind of utopia of any sorts it's like they're still totally closed off from expressing themselves in any way they're all very cold to each other uh yeah mm-hmm. seb you have your hand up while i'm talking so what do you got to say you had your hand up <laughs> <laughs> when am i supposed to put my hand up never <laughs> Oh, I was just going to say... Okay, you have to go in a couple minutes, right? I do, I do. I was going to bring that up. What are your closing thoughts? You, but... I was going to ask if we should ask if it's whack. Wait, wait, could I Sorry, just say Seth. one thing? I have more things I want to say. Yes, yes, wait, yes. I just think yes. that we haven't talked about... Uh, one of the big flaws in the village is that they govern it through this fear, this lie built on these, like, monsters that they make up. And they're, like, yeah. trying to avoid people being traumatized by the outside world, but then they're, like, traumatizing all these kids with these, like, horrific... <laughs> Like yeah. skinned animals and like costumes. Yeah, and they're stuff. creating traumatizing images and and traumatizing it's ideas. Catholicism said literally. Yeah, yeah but totally. I think that's a that's, big critique of religion I that at in the, the movie. So. Yeah. Yeah, but I also just but I think you can also see how like faith, not necessarily religion in the organized sense, which is how they're living, but like the idea of faith is important in getting over the like hardships of life and like the obstacles thrown at you. This because a... you Sorry. But yeah, this is a very deep conversation and fun has to go. Well this is a, I was just gonna say this is a good one two punch with signs because signs explores like basically this exact same thing, but signs ends off on a note, spoiler alert. I won't tell you what happens but Wait. Is that the one with the aliens? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I know that one. And in that one, it's very much like his faith in God is restored by like a cosmic event that happens at the end. Uh, I guess that's kind of a spoiler, but um, 
they're exploring pretty much the same thing, but that one, it like makes very clear, uh, no, you should still have faith and optimism in the world and you should like find comfort in these, uh, in these spiritual beliefs. And this one, it's kind of more of a question. I just think there's a, there is a beautiful moment of faith (laughs) in the movie when, um, Ivy stands at the doorway, um, waiting for Lucius and then she has this complete faith that he's gonna, yeah, with her hand out, oh, yeah. come and, and save them. Why did she? Do I, that? I thought that was beautiful. She, she had faith. faith. She had faith. But she has. Also, this was a good one-two punch with Sausage Party. Oh God! It's but, but <laughs> about the exact same, same thing. <laughs> this is literally the same movie. I think it's a great like metaphor. I would not say literally. In terms of like the their relationship, <laughs> where she has this faith that he's gonna come and check on yeah. them, and he and that's faith, and that. That is faith in like a non-religious. Did I just sense, which finish really what I'm saying? Cool. I was excited about what you were saying. I was agreeing with you. Isn't that like what you strive for when saying, you say something? It's, Boy, there's two fighting. halves of it, right? For their relationship, she's waiting. She's like sure that he's gonna come, and he's like, "Oh, I'm in danger, but I gotta go over there." And I thought that was like beautiful. Yeah, I agree with you. Sorry, <laughs> I'll never talk again, Seth. Oh my god. <laughs> Quarantine got us on edge. <laughs> Look, Dostoyevsky says he criticizes. He's a an existentialist, like religious, like writer guy. Wait, am I confusing him with someone else? Is it okay? Some guy that I read in my class this year said you want like it's you, you want to live. I think it's Kierkegaard. You want to live a life of like faith, but not necessarily a religious life like it's not about being bounded by like the kind of restraints of like an organized religion but yeah that's being, Kierkegaard <laughs> yeah Kierkegaard um but but being guided by like faith or whatever is like the way to go yeah, or like something Kierke. I don't know yeah I was gonna say I like he's the godfather of existentialism Sebastian I like that they're guided by like in that moment that you were bringing up, Seb, I like that they were guided by interpersonal faith. They're not guided by the faith of some higher power, but the higher power is like connections. I agree between with people, you, which is beautiful. Okay, <laughs> guys, I think Wait, we're fun- trying to Funke's do. Like, gotta come- go, Funky. What are your yeah. closing thoughts? Because <laughs> I have one. I have one other big thing I want to say, but I know Funky, you gotta okay. go. So, what are your closing? Can thoughts? I? Should I give my whack number as well? Yeah. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. Okay. Um, so I thought it was a really nice movie. I thought it was very sweet. Hell yeah. And it felt <laughs> genuine, too. I was like, oh, my gosh. So with that being said, I don't think it was that whack, honestly. I thought That's, I thought I it was very – huh? I accept that. That's <laughs> cool. That's cool. <laughs> okay. Wait, what do you yeah, think I I mean, said? I thought it was I, – I couldn't hear you. <laughs> oh, okay. The, the little bleeps and bloops just distorted your sound. <laughs> so We're on the internet. Uh, no – but it, it was it was very nice. I, I thought it was nice, and I will give it a one point five on the wacky. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> okay. Damn. Yeah, Those are some firm numbers. You take that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I take that. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. Don't get attacked by monsters in the forest. I I really hope <laughs> I don't. Oh, what's it? Are you gone? Okay. Oh. What's a thing oh, you could take from this movie to help your uh, being in one location? <laughs> don't over isolate like don't oh. be too alone and, and cold i think that was a downfall that's when they they fought a lot also 
That's Watch true. out for knives because people can just get a little too close. <laughs> <laughs> Funke just looked you. straight into the camera a la Walking Phoenix and Adrian. And Nara did not like it. Okay. I did not like that at all. I don't want people in my personal space, especially not when pandemic. <laughs> yes. Smart. Okay. Don't wait, guys. Okay, bye. That's not food. Hannah, are you talking Fuck to Funky? Four hosts. <laughs> and I'm talking to my cat. He's the fifth host. Now we can get back to Here's yelling at each other about interpersonal faith and loving each other. No, guys, we literally <laughs> cannot. Like, if we actually sit here and try to debate this shit, this podcast will never end. Well, because here's my these thing. are what we've like, been debating it'll since be the beginning longer of than time. Death, there, uh, death Trap. There are <laughs> cosmic events that bring me to each of you. To my friendships with each of you, name they them. are cosmic, and they are. Yeah, I can't the because they're they're beyond my control. It's like it's things that there's no, but and I have faith in that. Okay, that's my faith. There was the cosmic events that bring us together. I have faith that I, there was a not... split eleven twelve gym class. That didn't have to happen. <laughs> we didn't have to get sorted into it. <laughs> yeah. What if, what if I what if you didn't take gym that year? You could have taken gym another year. I did take gym I, every year, but yeah, I could have not taken it that year. Actually, I, I didn't take it in grade nine. I, I mean, later. this is like, I feel like very deep talks. Yeah. I just, like, I'm not, Nara, not what if particularly we were never on the spiritual individual. We never would have met. We probably still would have met because you went to all the film events. Yeah, well, we might not have met. Yeah, but Nara, what if you never met How Adam? did we become friends? Um, I dated your friend. <laughs> no, we were friends before that. You met, you started hanging out. Oh, yeah. Remember, at my birthday party. Oh, yeah. If I hadn't messaged you and been like, hey, I realized our birthdays are one day apart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we became birthday friends. And that's cosmic. We had a, a our birthdays yeah. were a day apart. Yeah. What are the chances? I'm just saying, you know, that's like, I have faith. I have faith in that. That's good chill i don't know i just i just think i think there's like that's the thing that they're grappling with in the like the i think that's like the shortcoming i guess we sort of already went over this but the shortcomings of their belief system is that they believe that everything has meaning and that they have faith in that everything is happening for a purpose when it's like they can't just accept that sometimes things happen that are out of your control and there's not really any explanation for it mm-hmm. I feel like that's yeah. the shortcoming of every belief system mm-hmm. and yeah. that's what glass is about yeah, like, I, I think that's sort of, like, part of what this... I don't know if this movie is necessarily exploring that, but that's part of what I took from it, is that, like, it's like sometimes you just gotta... Like, it's... Sometimes it's just more productive to be, like, there are things that are out of my control and things that I... that I can't explain and that don't need explaining, and I just have to, like, accept it and just do what I can do about it. It's totally exploring in th- that. In therapy, we call that radical acceptance. Oh. Damn. Yes, Sam. Can we talk about the filmmaking for two seconds? Um, We've been. This is the film. What are you talking about? Like this. No, the 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 filmmaking itself. Not like not the story. Oh, okay. I just okay. Sure. Thought there were a lot of like compositions that were just scary. Like just the compositions themselves. So scary. Like Jesse Eisenberg standing on the edge of the forest and the quiet room. Well, Roger Deakins shot this. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I thought there was, I didn't find it scary. I didn't find it scary. There's a lot of stuff that I saw, and I was like, wow. I can see um, that as a shot that somebody in my like film class took and like did that shot exactly. What? I was literally, I was so frightened. I was so frightened by the monsters. Yeah. Because uh, 
Genuinely. I mean, you only see them at a distance. And obviously, once they get revealed, you feel kind of silly that you were frightened by it. But it's like, before I knew what the twist was, before any of that, I was already captivated just by these, like, like, really practical monster effects that looked, like, kind of frightening, but not in any kind of, like... Like, I don't know, they just look like mangled animals. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like, what it is. I saw them. I've just never really seen a monster like that. They made me kind of think of, like, the Dark Crystal, like, never yeah. story, those sort of, like, Jim Henson puppet monsters. Oh, yeah. True, which true. Which was, like, kind of, like, it's, like, shocking at first, but I wasn't necessarily, like, frightened after that. I was more, like, shocked. Like, the initial image shocked me, and then it was, like... But I thought some of the shots are so scary. Like, when Joaquin sees one, and it's just at the corner of the frame, just runs out of the corner of the frame. Oh, yeah. And there's, like, all these shots with these, like, huge areas of negative space. Like, there's one where you see, like, almost the entire village, and then you see, like, a bit of forest lit up, like, so far away. And then you... It's just, like, there's, like, these chasms between the characters that they, like, don't dare to cross. I think it is beautiful. I like the the POVs from the forest looking at at Michael Pitt's watchtower. Yeah, that scene was really scary. Um, I've known the twist to this since I was, like, really young, because shout out to our friend Aiden Barnes, but when we were kids, um, like, he and his sister liked scarier movies, and they were trying to get me to watch a scary movie, and they tried to get me to watch this a few times, um, and I wouldn't, because they were like, it's not that scary, and they explained the twist to me, and I was like, nah, that's scary. Um, so, like, I fully, but then I wasn't actually scared watching the it, because I'm a big girl now. The twist is psychologically scary to me like it makes me really scared to think that these people hold themselves up and lived like this for years the last twist i really liked i wasn't scared like i mean i I, I didn't know the last twist i knew the first twist but um i guess i just i don't know i think the movie i was most i was most scared of adrian brody monster because it was like i thought that scene was super scary when yeah yeah because you don't know what's happening yeah because you like don't understand like that undoes the rest of what the like of what you've been told by the film so you're like in the same place as the, the characters where you can't trust what anyone's telling you the editing yeah, but... in that moment is fantastic i think and there's another great editing moment when she's actually climbing over the hill and we're like start or sorry over the wall and we're starting to understand what it is and we're cross-cutting between her and the forest and was it brandon gleason's character at that point like uh opening the box and revealing what actually happened oh, yeah, yeah. and it's coming together just in this really beautiful way uh where you're kind of getting the necessary information that's context contextualizing uh but it's also this great forward momentum because we're actually seeing her get over the wall and enter this world that she's never been exposed to before i, I thought the, the editing in that scene was fantastic and i think there's a the climax where it's like we can't see what's chasing her either. I thought that was very beautifully done, where it's like, obviously she can't see what's going on, and then the we just hear the sounds of the monster, and I thought it was just like an animal or something at first. Yeah. Because you don't oh, yeah, initially yeah. see what is chasing her. I thought that was really well done. I mean, how did she know it was like a monster? I think that's the thing, is like, it's supposed to be another thing where it's like she didn't necessarily know that it was a monster, but that's all she's been taught to fear her entire life. Like, they haven't even been taught to fear, like, m- being murdered by each other, which is, like, why Joaquin Phoenix doesn't really know how, like, there's no, like, it's, like, uh, I think in reality there wouldn't be 
a reaction to that if it like in other movies there wouldn't be a reaction to that scene even if they were taught to fear like being killed by one another um just because of like adrian's brody character being sort of like developmentally delayed and being seen as sort of like an innocent person still so there would still be that like weird stunned confused reaction but i think there there's like another layer of it because they haven't they've never been taught to fear each other um yeah that's cool it's almost like uh yeah, Walking Phoenix doesn't even know how to react once he's stabbed. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is such an abstract idea of being stabbed. Yeah. Right. Um, another thing that, like, reminded me of Midsommar was, like, the character's, like, treatment of, like, their, like, disabled... Or the, f- the film's treatment of, like, disabled characters. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea that, like... I don't know. It just, like... And maybe not the treatment, but, like, the idea in Midsommar were how they, like... They're, like... They kind of worship the... Or never mind. I don't no, I, I see that. Way. I mean, I think that the the main thing with the movie that I do not like in its treatment of uh, disability is just that it treats it like a mistake, and it treats it yeah. in the same vein that it treats death, which is like horrible. Yeah. I mean, that's equating a disabled life to a life not worth living. Yeah, uh, no, definitely. And that's really fucked up. So that's that's my main problem with the way, and because even her blindness, like, mm-hmm. uh, it's still treated like it's like oh, it's such a sad thing that she. She but it blind. also is treated as, like, a gift in a weird way. Right, yeah, true. And almost, and like, like it, gives her an innocence that's, like... Well, it, like, this, it, like, mysticizes it a bit. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely it, it just, I don't know, messed just up like, things in terms of how her blindness is treated, but I will say that, like, there's no doubt in my mind that she's, like, capable, and not in a way that ever feels condescending. Like, when she goes in the forest, right. you're kind of like, oh, yeah, like, you could, you feel like she can totally do it. Mm-hmm. Which I th- thought was at yeah. least like novel. Like when the you're like obviously yeah. supposed to be distrusted sure. when the guys leave her there, but you also I also felt like oh she can totally do this. She's fine. Yeah. yeah, and it's more the other characters that are that are saying that her disability is a uh, yeah. a really sad thing. It's like the movie itself proves that like it's not really anything that's like defining her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's not her main definition that like oh she's blind. Yeah, I guess um, in that regard, it's more of the the characters that just. I do like way. the moment when the guys leave her, and then she dumps the magic yeah, rocks so cool. out because she's like, oh, "Those yeah. were just for them." Yeah, I like yeah, cool. I like when they were sitting in the like pathetic tarp that wasn't hung <laughs> properly, so it was just collecting water and sagging in the back. <laughs> oh, th- this is what I was gonna I was gonna say this before, because uh, we were talking about how, why would she, what would she think it was that was attacking her in the forest? But her dad, when she's ex- when he's explaining the oh, whole right, right. thing to her and that all the monsters are fake, he does say that they were based off of real monsters mm-hmm. or based off, like, myths of real monsters in the forest. Mm-hmm. So she might still, in her mind, think, like... Yeah, it cuts oh, back to that. Well, that's, yeah. There could still be a monster in the forest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's... Yeah, I think that's what it's... Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, also, this is mentioned before, and I just wanted to bring it up. Uh, I kind of love the... M. Night's reveal in the movie because it's so, <laughs> like, M. Night is accused a lot of being very arrogant and self-centered. And I love that in that moment specifically. It's just, like, you see him from behind and it's, like, he, it's, like, in his mind, he's, like, the audience knows it's me. The audience yeah. knows it's me. And then the reveal is, like, oh, yeah, it's him. And we're all supposed to be so excited <laughs> yeah, to see like, him. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Is it? And, like, I'm not one to pile on him for being arrogant. I mean, that's that's totally fine if he wants to be. 
uh, it's just funny to me. And there are two. <laughs> so the next, the next movie he made, Lady in the Water. This is the one where he gets accused most of being. Um, there's he plays a character in the movie that is like an incredible writer whose written word is able to literally like save the world. <laughs> and then there's this critic character, this movie critic character, and everyone else in the movie is played as like really awesome and helpful, and they all help each other like towards this common goal of getting the lady back in the water, back home. Such a bad Except goal. for the critic. Except for the critic, who is the absolute worst person in the world. He is so mean and unhelpful. And then he is murdered in the most, like, vicious... Like, you know how, like, the assistant in Jurassic World is murdered and it's terrible and mean-spirited and it's like, why did she deserve this at all? I do This not. is like that. Oh, well, that happens in Jurassic World and it's awful. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is like that... And uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of hilarious. It's just hilarious to see his pathology in that way. It's just like he is he really does not like people telling him that he uh, is not a genius. Even like now, I know we hate. Sorry, just on the cameos, real quick. Even in Unbreakable, he's like a security guard in one scene, and then in Glass, he shows up again. No, he's not a security guard. He's uh he's going to the game. Oh right, right. Sorry, Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis is a security, security guard, guard but he's at yeah. the stadium. And then, but isn't it, like, in Glass, he's, like, isn't he, like, at a security company or Yeah, something? he comes back, and it's, it's the same character, yeah. He's, like, and he's, like, yeah, I was, I was really on the, the wrong path back then. But, yeah, he's, like, he remembers uh, him, and it's, like, why? Yeah. And he's, like, hey, do you remember me? I met you at a stadium, like, 20 years ago. It's, like, what? <laughs> he's, like, some random guy at a oh, stadium. Oh, yeah, the hottest <laughs> guy I've ever seen. And there was also... Sorry, I haven't seen any of their movies. There was also a uh, companion piece for The Village that came out uh, like a couple months before called The Buried Secret of M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> and it's a quote-unquote documentary where it's like about M. Night Shyamalan's life and all these people that are like super obsessed with him who think he's like a genius. And it's about like this hidden secret that he has, which is that he drowned when he was a kid and then came... And then... And he like died for like an hour... And he came back to life, and that's and now he has like supernatural <laughs> tendencies. Is that real? They, well, they tried to sell it as a real documentary, but then like right before it came out, and they were like putting out press releases and whatever. Oh, it's also um, it's like framed as a behind the scenes documentary of the making of the village, and they're trying to like get interviews with him uh-huh. and whatever. So, so it's, it's like, like on, a Blair Witch type thing. Yeah, kind of, and they're like on set of the village and whatever, and all these weird supernatural things keep happening around M Night Shyamalan, and you oh think like, God. oh wow, this guy's connected with the other side. <laughs> and there's like all, <laughs> they interview like a bunch of his fans who are like talking about how much of a genius he is and whatever. Uh, obviously, it's fake, and it was revealed like before the movie came out that it was all a hoax. <laughs> oh but. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's actually, it's a very, very funny watch. Honestly, uh, simpler times. I'm, I miss, like, the early 2000s where you could pull, like, weird stunts, and it was, like, even if it was obviously fake, you didn't, you couldn't have people tweeting about how it was fake. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. It's, it's an unbelievable mockumentary. It's so funny. You have but to look was, at it, like, with the framework of just, like, because it's obviously um, an arrogant vanity project, but it's kind of interesting to see, like, into his mind I, what he wants people to think of him I as. I feel like it's much easier to take him now that, like, he's so critically, like, fallen out of favor. 
where it's like mm-hmm. when he was at the height of his powers and he was like a really powerful Hollywood director, I feel like I would hate that. But now, yeah, because you're just like, who the hell is this asshole? Now it's kind of funny. It's like, it's interesting at least. He's definitely an interesting yeah. artist. And this was kind of the the big turning point. Because mm-hmm. even Signs to this point, like it was a uh, People didn't like it as much critically, but people still liked it, and uh, it still made a ton of money. This one made money in the first weekend, but I think it dropped off pretty quick. And also, like, um, people just hated it. And I think people were getting tired of the twist. They were getting tired of M. Night's arrogance. Yeah. I'll be honest. Like, I definitely, like, talking about the film made me appreciate it more. But I didn't really love the film. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, that's okay. I just, I I found it longer than necessary. I found the twist was interesting, but it came, like, so close to the end and it just like I don't know maybe I was just tired but I just like wasn't really into the movie but like I I do appreciate it more from this conversation I was really actually taken with it in a way I didn't expect like especially like at the beginning just I just really like the vibe it has and I do think he's like almost in in like mainstream movies I feel like he's almost, like, unequaled in making, like, really scary images that aren't, like, gory or anything. They're just, like, like, even the, I mentioned this before, but Jesse Eisenberg standing on the edge of the forest. I kept thinking about that. I just thought it, like, such a great image. Like, so much, again, so much negative space behind him. And there's, like, there's... Well, you look at his best, man. Sorry. Like, there's just so many great shots. and, I mean, you look at all his best thrillers, like Sixth Sense and Unbreakable and this and, you know, Signs, you could put it in there. Uh, and, yeah, like, they all play with minimal imagery. And, and like you said, they're not gory, they're not bloody, but they're still frightening. The scene at the end of Unbreakable is is terrifying mm-hmm. and kind of excessive. But other than that, like, I can't really think of anything in any of those movies. There's some scary images in Sixth Sense where you're getting into, like, the dead the dead stuff and it looks kind of freaky mm-hmm. right but even in uh, but yeah like it, nothing's ever excessively gory or anything like even that. in glass which i didn't really love and i'm sorry to keep talking about other glass. movies but um there's just scenes in public that mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. it just makes me afraid of being outside in a way that i have been yeah and i guess maybe am now again for well, different especially reasons in unbreakable but in 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 glass like the scene there's a scene at a carnival which is scary like for you know in movie reasons but just the way public places feel in his movie yeah especially in unbreakable um yeah but also like in glass i just really unnerves me i think he is a really fascinating filmmaker and i'd say i like like 30 percent of his movies (laughs) but i'm always interested in all of them and uh there's not a ton of mainstream Hollywood directors that I would say the same thing about that. Like I would be so excited to see any movie he makes. And I was like, even as I was going through them and watching the ones that I didn't like, I'm like, I still kind of want to see what, what he's doing. Did anyone see the show that he made where with recently? And there's like the doll that looks like, a, like it, there's like a really lifelike baby doll. Oh, is that the one that the, oh. is like on like Apple TV? Or yeah, it's a bunch of. Did, yeah. It come out? did that Apple come TV out? Show. Yeah, uh, I didn't watch it. I haven't heard it anything about it. I don't. Me neither. But it got I a just second really, season. 
I liked that premise because I'm obsessed with those dolls. Like, it's a, they're crazy. Like, it's a full, like, market. Like, women, like, people sell those dolls for thousands of dollars online. It's really interesting, really? actually. Servant, it's called, by the way. I just looked it up. What's Maybe it we should watch it. Servant. Oh, I'd, be, I'd love to watch Servant <laughs> if we did an episode on it. Or just watch it as friends, if we are those, and not just coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> Could I use the bathroom real quick? Or are we wrapping up like so soon? I think we're probably. I think we're probably think wrapping we up. Wrap it up oh, because yeah. I too have to use the bathroom. Uh, I just did my pee I, break, so I'm good to go for forever. I uh, nice. I just think like, fuck it, five hosts, fuck it, five stars, whack. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's a I've, five out of five? Wow. I'm kind of with Funkin. Well, I might be doing a bit of, I might be doing a bit of the Seb on the firm. I just yeah. wanted you all to watch. No this one movie, jumped but on I Adam think for this are... being not whack, which it isn't. I know because there were more interesting things to talk about <laughs> that distracted us. And I and I do. I mean, it's. I think it is bold though. Like, um, you don't look at it and you think like, oh, this looks really wacky or is acted really wacky or whatever. But you mentioned, Seb, the bold decision to kill off the main character halfway through, completely shift it to someone else. There's two... Yeah, whatever. (laughs) He's not dead. He's just... I know. He's out of the movie. Within the movie. Kill off within the movie. You know what? Another twist? Um, He didn't die. That's the fourth twist. Yeah. (laughs) You didn't even acknowledge the first twist. I think it's... I think both the twists are really interesting to me and bold and... um, and also, I just always have a soft spot for movies that everyone else hates. Well, not that it, you guys really hate it. It seems like most of you are at least fairly positive on it. I mean, even Nara, you gave it three stars on Letterboxd. So that's, that's the same negative. score that I gave Little Women. It's not a negative. Wow, that's interesting. I enjoyed it more than I liked Little Women. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to fight you through the screen. I love both of those movies, for the record. But... Uh, yeah, and I, I don't know. I think it's a bold movie that I really enjoyed, and it, it feels very singular and feels like something I... It's something I think about all the time. I think about it a lot since I went through all the M. Night movies. Damn. So I probably won't give a five. I'll give a four. It's a four for a me. Four? For, of whackness, though? Like, you can yeah. like a movie, but I want to know, like, do you actually think it's a four out of four whack? I just told you why. And also, it's four out of five. <laughs> four Well, right. <laughs> but, I mean, I... Look... I liked the movie. I didn't love the movie. I really liked a lot of the things we talked about. And I think I appreciate it again more now than at the start of this recording. I didn't think it was whack. In fact, I found it myself being pretty much like, okay, yeah, this is what would happen. This is happening. I knew there were going to be twists because it's an M. Night movie. So it's like not even like whack in that. It's like, whoa, this was it. Because it's like, well, duh. It'd be whack if there was no twist. If things were exactly as they seemed. Yeah, but it's I, mean, I mean, I think that... Can I just respond to one thing in that real quick? I know we're trying to wrap yeah. up. But... Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness, it'll be one second. Um, so I think that a lot of people have just deemed this film whack in the sense of it's bad. And I want to fight against that, so I'm giving it. So a four. you're saying it is whack? Okay. I think it's great. Yeah, but in a positive way. I really like it, and I think it's bold. I mean, I just found it like pretty, and like I thought it was interesting, but I found it pretty normal too. I don't know. I just I'm gonna give it like a one point five too. I don't. I I liked the movie, and or it wasn't. That's not. 
a 1.5 as well as Funky. Because Funky, like, like Funky, I'm also giving it a 1.5. <laughs> um, because this has nothing to do with, like, the quality of the film. It just has to do with its whackness. And, like, the movie itself, mm. to me, didn't feel whack. Um, mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. Sub's Is it my turn? turn? Or Seb, do no, you want to go? I'm not upset. And then go pee. Two. Seb's giving me a two. <laughs> No explanation. I have to. Yeah, pee. he never gives an explanation on movies that, okay, that I pick. Okay, go pee. He just says a number and then doesn't even talk. Is about that it. a pattern? Have I not yeah. talked enough this episode? <laughs> no, you talked too I know. much. I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad you liked it. Go That's pee. all that matters to me. I wanted you guys to see this. Nara? I want Sub to go pee. Um, I'm gonna give it a two as well because I thought it was like a pretty a enjoyable two, two? movie. It was. It wasn't my favorite movie ever, but I did enjoy watching it. Um, and I thought it was, like, I'm happy I watched it. Um, Hell and yeah. I, I think the conversation, the conversation we had sort of helped me forgive some of my uh, issues with it or helped me understand why some of my issues with it were sort of like, like why they made sense in the context of the film. Um, but I also don't think it's that whack. If anything, I think the wackest thing about it in a bad way was just Adrian's Brody, Adrian Brody's character. And I think the oh, film yes. could have been even better and even more enjoyable if there was like that character was written in a more intelligent way and was written as like a better, like a more fleshed out character instead of like using, I think using like that idea of a mental disability as, as a form of like innocence was kind of a cop out. Yeah. That totally. Agreed. That is my. And that is the only bad thing about the movie. Other than that, it's perfect. Other than that, it's, like, pretty good. Other than that, it's perfect. All right, I'm going to... Might actually be my favorite M. Night film now. The Wackometer is firing After up. watching it again. I've only seen this <laughs> in <laughs> Well, those are the two best ones. And Unbreakable. So, on the, on the Wackometer... Um, wait, wait, wait. Announce it from the town crier's... Uh, <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. Extra, Hear ye, hear ye. Uh, the... Wackometer printed out this little scroll that I'm holding up that says it is a 2.2 out of 5 oh. whackness. <laughs> which is... Um, but a 10 out of 10 quality, so that's all. Everybody there. get into the underground bunker. Which it's, it's, <laughs> it's, more, it's more whack than The Firm and Diné Ducamp, but... Uh, <laughs> Seems about right. But less whack than Daisy's. Sounds good. How did... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Seems that's why, it. Seb, we didn't pile on it not being whack. Because Wait, why is Daisy so low? Because everybody because was expecting it to be whack. Listen to the episode. Yeah, we decided for an experimental film it was... What? I did listen to the episode. Yeah, we just thought it was like what it was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Whack is like a fluid term, <laughs> and in this case... It was. So it met our if expectations. If a movie is supposed to be really crazy and then it is really crazy, that's a low score. Yep. What? Um. Yeah. And if a movie is not whack at all, but you're weird and defensive about it, it got a. You gave it a five. <laughs> so you know. Our reasoning. Um. And one day people will hear that episode. We don't know when. Yeah. But one day. Oh that's right, important. that we hasn't should, aired like, yet. Can we record? We this mentioned it every episode. Like, it's the last episode. Man. Demand the last what? episode, fans. Demand it. No, but there's other... Okay, but 
and Josie. It's not the only yeah, lost but episode. Yeah, we have episode. to do the other conspiracy ones. No, it's literally don't do it. Okay, next week we're going to talk about the Truman Show. That's Funkay's pick. Ah! They're not here. They're not here to say it, but we're going to talk about the Truman Show. Sweet. Yeah. Also, go look uh, at go look at our website because we're we're uh, remodeling oh, the yeah. podcast a little bit. And oh, if yeah. you only listen to the podcast and don't know anything else about Insomniac Film <laughs> Festival, somehow that's cool. <laughs> we're doing a really cool event, please, and there's only a couple. Yeah, that would be awesome. If you are that. I mean, learn more about Insomniac, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah, we're doing a really cool event, and you have a couple days to apply to it. If you're listening and to all this the information, yeah. If you you're listening like to this right now, literally two seconds to apply. To it. <laughs> yeah, you have like one, two but days. It's really, it's easy to apply. You yeah, it's form. very easy. You don't easy. have to have a film ready. Oh, yeah. and sh- and uh, well, a quick shout out, Saba, uh, who said that they listened to the podcast and liked it, and also they really liked the village. So I hope that they listen to this one. It takes a village. Um, That's my only quick shout out. Quick shout out to, to, get to, to like quick <laughs> shout out to my dad who was gonna take a nap, but I needed to use the TV, and so he napped somewhere <laughs> else, and was pretty pissed about it, but did it anyways. Wow. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. Okay, <laughs> how, how does the movie end? How does the movie oh, end? Should we all just say maybe? <laughs> maybe three two wait 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 maybe this podcast will end one day and we'll have to re-enter the world maybe maybe, maybe. well what can I say thanks for listening to another episode of uh, is it whack I could say that and I did <laughs> thank you to Emma Goodlack for the art to Ian Mills for the music Go to at InsomniacFest or InsomniacFestival.com to learn more about us. Uh, Next week, we're going to talk about The Truman Show, as you just heard. It's going to be a sweet episode, and you should come back and listen. Until then, goodbye.